My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Ellen Rohr nearly sank her husband's plumbing company. It seems like a lot of money was moving through the company, but at the end of the month, there was never any money left. With the help of great mentors, Ellen figured out how to fix and grow a successful business. She teaches business planning and financial literacy, helping contractors make businesses simpler and more profitable. Welcome, Ellen. Good afternoon. Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, we're privileged to have Ellen Rohr as our guest. Ellen, how are you? Woohoo! So happy to be spending time with you. Oh. I'm president of the Mark Fan Club. See, I knew there was a club out there. I just didn't know, you know, who was running the show. <laughs> now I know. Uh, when did yes. was it 15 years ago we met at Comfort Tech in a green room? I'm glad you remember this stuff. I feel so senior. It's all like, you know, like when someone says it was the Thanksgiving when Aunt Mary and I'm like, I, I have one Thanksgiving memory, like I have one trade show memory and then it all blends. Right. But I remember you, I mean, your energy and your commitment and your ability to um, not only communicate, but then continue to hone your craft has always impressed me. I admire you and I'm so happy to be here today. Wow. Uh, geez, I'll give you 10 years to stop saying that. That's pretty nice. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and if I was a woman, I'd say, oh, but as a man, I would never say that publicly. Yes. So yeah, how did... Just like at the, so many areas of your life, like you get that life is an integrated adventure. And so, you know, from, from a health standpoint, from a business standpoint, from family, you know, you integrate all of this in, in your presentations and in your communications. And I love that about you. You talk real. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, this is the only way I know how, uh, sadly or not. Um, <laughs> so here's my first question for you. Uh, actually, technically, second question. How did you get started in contracting? I married a plumber. I am a plumber's wife. And if there was a salient moment in my career, it was that. So um, I, I met this guy, he said his name was Hot Rod. So, okay, so I married him. And then I figured out what he did for a living and he was a plumber. And when I was growing up, we called people. My dad was not handy. Um, I thought when you flush the toilet, a miracle happened. I didn't even think about it really. I just thought it disappeared, right? And then I married my husband, the plumber, and I started tagging along and I fell in love with tradespeople. His friends were cool. They were just like no BS people. It either worked or it doesn't. It was plum or it wasn't. It was leaking or it didn't. You know, I loved that about them. And I am not like that. I don't have that skill set. I tell my husband, if I were on that show Survivor, I would die. I would right. literally, I just don't have any of those skills and and i i got introduced to the trades through my husband the plumber and that was really the beginning of everything now it was the good news and the bad news the good bad and ugly from that point um but the love of contractors has has only increased where was it that you met was it in tennessee no, it was in Park City Utah at a restaurant called the Grub Steak and I thought he was dine and dashing 
I just was sure that these guys who came in looked kind of scruffy, you know, hot rod had his, I didn't know him. He had his hair tied back in a bandana and it wasn't that kind of a restaurant. You know, it was like at the time back in Park City, nobody was there in the summertime except for like the State Farm convention that was going on at the property. So I'm like, who are these guys? And I was sure that they were trouble, but they were cute. And I was flirting with them when they left, they were going to leave after lunch. And they said, um, we need a hotel voucher. And I'm thinking, they are not staying at the hotel. This doesn't make any sense. I run to get my manager. I come back and on the voucher, like to charge to your room, this guy had drawn a picture of a car and I'm like, dine and dash. I knew it. I've been had and, he, and the manager looked at it and he said, oh, this is Hot Rod. He has an account here. And I'm like, oh, which one was Hot Rod? And then, <laughs> the guy with the hair but, tied back. Yeah. Yeah. And they were the maintenance crew. They had the contract on the property. So they charged their meals. And then I'm like, oh, well, they were cute. And then, you know, he was in motorcycles and our first date was pretty romantic. I'd never been on a motorcycle before. Uh, young men and women out there, if you really want to impress somebody on your first date, take him on a ride on a motorcycle and you're, you're gold. He so really was guy, hot rod. Yeah, he's just, he was just, he still is a super cool guy. And so um, I, and, and I was fine letting him, you know, have his business. I have had about a million jobs. I've always been a troublemaking fence tester. I always had a lot of jobs. A lot of them were restaurant jobs. You know, I was working as a waitress at the restaurant when I met Hot Rod. Um, I've had every job you can have in a restaurant and dozens of others. Um, but I didn't really intend to get involved with my husband's company. Um, but his partner and best friend, who was also at lunch that day, um, is a guy named Yox. And Yox and Hot Rod were friends since they were, um, uh, you know, eight years old. They lived back in New York together. They moved out to ski together. And Yox was just, um, uh, Yox was a worrier. As laid back as Hot Rod is, Yox was is, is the opposite. And they were, you know, good friends and that's to be expected. But Yox was a guy, and Mark, I don't know if you, I know you have some recovering tendencies of like, you know, like sacrificing your health and your relationships and your happiness for your business. Like the, the, the scales tip way out of balance. Can you relate to that? Of course. And so with Yox, like he was just a worrier. So he would worry about everything. And one day he said to me, um, you know, uh, we're married, Hot Rod and Yox are working. I'm not paying that much attention to him, but Yox obviously doesn't feel well and he's, he's stressed out and he says to me, I hate this. I hate you. I hate Hot Rod. I hate our guys. I hate our customers. If I don't do this myself, it'll never get done. Those were the last words he said to me. He went to the hospital the next day because he didn't feel well. And on Sunday, after working a hundred hour work week, he died, 33 mm. years old. Hot Rod and I are looking at each other like, we thought he was just a hypochondriac. We didn't know. Like, wow. He just like literally stressed himself into a health crisis and the guy dies. Wow. So now I bring this up and I tell the story a lot because it's not worth that. Like that was the big moment for me. Like, like don't do that. You know, things got done. You think you're so important, but we missed him. We didn't miss the fact that he got that bid out or whatever. So it was at that time that, you know, Hot Rod says to me, well, I'm going to go get a job. Hot, you know, Yox was in charge of the business side of the business. I'm a technician. I don't really want to do this. 
and I said to him, well, listen, I'm a smart chick. I've had all this work experience. I got a college degree. I'm going to quit my real job. I was a restaurant manager at this point. I'll quit my job. I'll go work for you. You turn wrenches. I'll count the money. We'll get rich. And Mark, as you know, none of that happened. Hmm. And uh, it was that, you know, it was, um, it went from bad to way, way worse. And we hated because each you other. didn't we know where the money the went. I didn't know where the money went. Yes. And, um, or like I would, you know, I, I was, I thought that if you charged what your competition charged, you'd be fine. I thought right. that, you know, all those things that I'd learned in school or those, those myths that kind of pervade uh, business, you know, you've got to uh, charge the going rate or what the market will bear. It wasn't until Hot Rod brought home a trade magazine with an article by Frank Blau and you know, Frank. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like, you know, I love talking about Frank because Frank is old school and the, the kids today, a lot of them don't know Frank, but Frank changed my life and so many others. He wrote this article and it was called how much should a contractor charge? Right. And I read the article. I wrote him a letter. I told him, please help me. And then I spent two pages explaining why he was wrong, why I couldn't do any of the thing, <laughs> you know, so typical, I reached for help and then didn't accept it. So he called me up. He called me on the phone. He received my letter, calls me on the phone. And he says, honey, you have your head so far. And he described where my head was. Sure. He said, you should, you should shut your business down. You think you know it all. You, you don't have a clue. Uh, you know, save yourself, save your, your, your husband. And we have a kid by this point, your, your team members, let him free. You don't have a clue. And he was so mean to me. And he was right. And I've heard it said that sometimes you need a feather and sometimes you need a brick. I must've needed a brick because I got one and I hung up on him, called him back the next day. Please help me. I'll be good this time. And he, he's the one who really laid the foundation for everything I've learned and executed and done and taught from there on out. He taught me how to read and use financial reports. And as unsexy as that sounds, I'm crying right now. It like changed everything for me. He was that a Dutch was, uncle. He's a Dutch uncle. That's the expression. Yeah. 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 They tell us things we don't want to hear and they're honest with us. They tell us the truth. And sometimes we don't want to hear that, but you were finally at a place where you were teachable. So then what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I still fought him. I, I, uh, um, I, um, have compassion and empathy for clients, franchisees, friends who don't, it, it, Frank called it taking the medicine, who don't take the medicine right away because I was a slow learner. It took me a minute. You know, it took me a minute to um, make the changes. Finally, like he taught me the math of it. Mark, being smart is not always very helpful. Have you noticed this? Like, it's in the I way. Am, it gets in the way. I have told some, some clients before, you know what, you could do all the math or you could double your prices today and you're going to do better. Right. And they just do. And I'm like, that was easy. If you're smart and you have to prove it out, or you think too far down the chessboard, like you'll talk yourself out of these changes that need to happen. If you read the great biographies, I'm always struck like um, Ray Kroc of McDonald's was mm. not the brightest bulb. Nope. 
there's a there's a great quote that goes like this. It's Robert Jarvik, a guy who was involved with the first artificial heart. And he said, leaders are visionaries with no concept of the odds against them. Hmm. Right? Ray Kroc like, also said, you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. <laughs> he was smart enough. Yes. He was smart enough, but like sometimes just like knowing too much um, doesn't help. The smartest people I know are the ones who... Uh, who may have talked themselves out of that great idea, and the ones who are, uh, you know, less um, uh, less likely to overthink it, are the ones who are just, you know, raking in the dough. So I, you know, as a smart person, I, I trip myself up a little bit, and I had to learn the math. I fought Frank. Still, you know, he just kept rolling his eyes and like, okay, you're not rich, and you want to be rich. When are you going to just take? my counsel, <laughs> you know, like, right? what's your proof that you know better is really what he kept coming back to. But for me to make the changes I needed to make in my life, I had to hit that point where uh, the pain of the current condition was greater than the fear of change or the resistance to change. Right. I was sure if I raised my prices, the way Frank was talking me into it, right? If I was sure that if I did that, no one would ever call me. And it got to the point that I thought, fine. Hot Rod's like, fine, I'll go get a job. I'm like, fine, I'll go back to restaurants. Like we were absolutely okay with this being the, the nail in the coffin. See, didn't work. And all we did was start to make money. We it raised was fear. Our prices. Fear was holding yeah. you back. Yeah. And so when the fear, like when the fear became the, the motivation, if I raised my prices, I could go out of business. Okay. Sign me up. Like it just, it had to get to that point for me. I don't know. Like in my youth, now this is going back now, like 30 years when that first happened. Um, now I am motivated by things I haven't done yet and outcomes and good games and more and more and more. But I went through that phase where I was motivated by make it stop, make the pain stop. And that's where I was at that point in my life when Frank grabbed me by the chin. Thank goodness he did. And then once, once it started to work, I was like, um, oh my gosh, I was like a born again business person. <laughs> I couldn't wait to tell everybody you know how this is. I'm gonna. I found the way. I'm gonna show you the way. And I, you know, as I started to preach good business, not everybody was ready to hear it. You know, you were they, a true believer, though. I was a true believer. And you wrote a book, in, wasn't it called uh, "What Should I Charge"? I wrote. I've written. Where did the money go? And how yeah. much should I charge? How much should I charge? And they were. They were just like I would have given my right arm for those books. I felt compelled to write them because. They're skinny, they have pictures, stories, examples. Like I wrote them because that's what, that would have helped me when I was trying to figure this out. You know, you get a book accounting for dummies and it's 500 pages. Like that's right. not what I was looking for. So I wrote those books to explain a balance sheet and a profit loss and how to use them and then how to put a little budget together and justify your selling prices. I really was just taking this accounting information, which hasn't changed much since it hasn't changed one bit since the 1400s when Luca Pacioli develops this 
balance sheet equation, assets equals liabilities plus equity, debits equals credits. Like it was just like, I got turned on to this and I'm like, how do we not know this? Why aren't we talking about it all the time? So I became very excited about it and sharing it, started writing for the magazine, started turning people onto it as best I could. But I'll tell you what happened that was also really important, Mark. So I, I teach business basics, I love it. I also teach people how to put little business plans together. Just like, so a business plan in my world and my, by my definition is anything that helps you clarify what you want and put a little plan together for making it happen. Some action items for making it happen. So intention and implementation. That's like, it could be a vision board, a three by five card, uh, you know, electronic written. It doesn't matter. It's anything that'll help you do that. And what, right. what obsessed me about that was after Hot Rod and I started to make some money, I'm getting very excited about this. We have four trucks. What if we had eight trucks? I knew just the neighborhoods we could go to. I started like, I love, I love playing with a team. I like the creative process. I'm like all about, we could grow this thing. And so I turned to Hot Rod and I asked him the quintessential business planning question, which is what do you want? What do you want? Look at where we are. Look at what we've done. What do you want now? And he said, I want to work all by myself. <laughs> you were thinking eight, 10, 12, and he's going one. One, I've had it with you. Like, I mean, we did so much damage to our relationship in those early days. He didn't want to do that anymore. Again, it just builds so much. Everything you do, haven't you found this? Everything you do creates this gorgeous scaffolding on which you now stand. And one of the things that happened was this realization that he gets to do what he wants. It was his business. I get to do what I want. Maybe we should work separately because we don't yes. want the same things. Yes. And for my so wife, many, I mean, go my ahead. Wife, she wouldn't do what I told her to do. In oh, the early in days, I'd say, hey, I need this, this, and this. She goes, I don't want to do that. Or she would do it begrudgingly. And then it started to strain our relationship. And that's when I realized, I said, you're a terrible employee. She said, you're the worst boss I ever had. So mm -hmm. we, for the sake of the relationship, she started doing something else and, uh, and we've been, you know, we've been together for 41 years. So yeah, it, I get it. I totally understand. So you wrote a couple of books. Do you remember your first talk, your first public talk? Um, because you have so much passion and energy and enthusiasm and you have a great message but okay. it wasn't yeah, always I, that way, right? Your first is, talk. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you, first off, the first time I saw someone speaking, like I started writing for the magazine, that happened. Okay. And then the books came out of that, right? So this is all kind of happening concurrently. And I'm not great with timeline because it kind of blends, but I'll tell you a couple of salient moments. One is I went to a seminar and this guy named Harry Friedman spoke. He wrote a book, No Thanks, Just Looking. He worked with Contractors 2000, now Nextstar, that's where I met him. And the guy rocked my world, rocked my world. I went to this seminar and he started and I, I went, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but the first like 20 minutes out of his mouth, I hated him. And I was trying to decide how fast I could get out. I was sitting in the front row, how do I get out of here? By the end of the day, I would have gotten in a Volkswagen van and followed him across the country. I went to the back of the room where he's got his minions, right? 
and he's, they're selling products and, and uh, training and everything. And I go back and I, I said to this woman, I remember her name, Michelle, I remember exactly what happened. I pointed to Harry and I said, I want to do that. And she said, well, we have trainers. Let me tell you what this life is going to look like. You're going to leave on Sunday night and you're going to get home late Friday or Saturday morning. And you're going to do that every week. And I thought, no. So like, I knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't right. want to do that. That. So yeah. I, then I had to figure out like another path, but it was, I was so impacted by his message that day that I thought I want to, I'm crying thinking about, it. I want to have that kind of impact on people. Yeah. Like I, what I have to share, I, I got kind of excited about it. Well, when we sold our company, I went to work with, um, Jack Tester was the executive director. I don't know what his exact position is now at Nextstar, but you know, it, of course, it had just started. Nextstar had just started. I was one of the. I went to the first super meeting. I wasn't a founder, but we were in that group, and it was kind of a small, excited group. And I, when we sold our company, we sold it to our employees. By the way, Mark, our team members at Hot Rod and Yawks Plumbing, Heating, and Solar are still driving those trucks across Park City, Utah. And I could not be more proud about that. That's How about cool. that? 25 years later, we sold it to them. Makes me so proud and happy. Anyway, when we sold the company, I didn't know what I was going to do. Hot Rod went off, worked by himself, happy as a clam. And I'm thinking, what do I do? I, and my husband won't do what I want him to do. Now I right. can't do it. You know, so what do I do? How do I serve? What's my purpose? All of this. So I go to Tester and I said, I sure like to be in part of this group. Maybe I could help. I'd like to be a trainer. I'd like to be a speaker in the organization. He said, good to know. Don't need that. I need a salesperson. So I said, okay. And so I um, became the first salesperson, which was an awesome position and, you know, signed up contractors. Still, a lot of these guys are my friends to this day. I love the organization. I love them. And the whole time, I was planning how I'm going to get to a trainer position, a speaking position. I'll do this, but I knew I wanted the other position. So finally I work on Jack and I go, okay, we're going to do this management camp. Give me a half an hour on stage. And I want to explain what a balance sheet is, what a profit and loss is. I want to change people's lives. I got this. Put me in coach says, all right, rolls his eyes. So in that first class, so this is the answer to your question. In that first class, oh, there's maybe 15 people in a, in a small room shaped like a U and I'm in the center of it, okay? And uh, armpits filling with sweat. I'm all excited. And I put the balance sheet equation on the, on the board. Assets equals liabilities plus equity. And do you know who George Brazil is? Yes. Okay, George Brazil is in the class. And if you guys don't know George Brazil, larger than life personality, right. best friends with Frank Blau. They started this, this group together. Um, but like, he's the cheese, man. And he's in this class. I write the equation on the board and George goes, that's not right. And I turned to him like, this is like as right as um, uh, biochemistry. Like there is no question about the equation I just put on the board. But this is George Brazil. So I just stand there with like my mouth agape. And he goes, that's not right. It's assets minus liabilities equals equity. And, and I like, if you go to high school math, that's another way to rewrite the equation. Sure. But that's not 
how the balance sheet is represented. But because I was so green and so new and it was George Brazil, I just stood there. And he took a piece of paper from those cheesy hotel notepads that you've yeah, got sitting in yeah. front of you. At the no Okay, he takes a piece of paper and he balls it up and he throws it at me. And so do the 14 other people in the room. They pelt me with paper. Wow. And I said, time out, erases, and I aborted mission. And I leave. We're taking a break. I'm done. I like I got shut down. I go and I find Tester and I say, listen, that didn't go so well, but I think I could do better next time. Like it didn't even phase me that that was like the worst thing. Most people would have said, I'm done. Happen. I'm done. Right. So like, no, like, and he's like going, wait, what? They threw paper? Like he was trying to get his mind around. And I'm like, beyond that. Yeah, it didn't go so well. You know, George and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, this is what I got to do. I, I'm going to do it again. And I just didn't stop. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Can you wow. relate? What's your, do you, what's your first story? What, like, where that's were a, you? What happened? Well, I, I got asked to speak. Uh, to some kids at a high school, my German teacher, who, uh, whom I loved, was one of my first mentors. And she said, would you come talk to these kids at the, at the school? And I said, Susan, why would they care what I have to say? She goes, well, these kids have all been in trouble for one reason or another. It's a trouble class and you were a troublemaker. So, but you've turned your life around. So she said, I think you should do it. It'd be good for you. It'd be good for the kids. So I did, and they liked it. And then the phone rang, and it was the basketball coach. And he said, hey, my point guard was in that class. He said, you should come talk to the basketball team. And I said, okay, what do you want me to talk about? He goes, what do you want to talk about? I said, how about goals? He said, great. So that talk went well, and my phone rings again. This woman said, I understand you're an inspirational speaker. I said, really? <laughs> who, who told you that? This same kid, Steve Alseth, right? He's still, he, the kid's still in He's my life. He's a promoter. Yeah. Aww. And he, and she said, we can't pay your normal fee. And I thought fee, there's a fee. <laughs> and she says, all we have is $250. And I said, for how many days? And she goes, no, just an hour. <laughs> and so I said, okay. And that was how I got started. And, and they but liked did it. Did you That's, love it? Like were no you, one like... threw paper wads at me. I had five Isn't or six ridiculous? kids come up afterwards and say, I learned more in the last two hours than I have, you know, all year long in school. And I said, you got to get out more. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, and then I asked myself a really simple question. And you probably asked yourself this question too. If people are getting paid for this, who are they and where are they? And how do I get a hold of them? And that began a journey of reading books and interviewing people. And I've never stopped. Like you, I just kept going, you know? Well, and, um, uh, you know, uh, one of the, um, I think it was a Mark Victor Hansen thing, or maybe it was Frank Well, Somebody told me once that you can raise your prices as often as you raise your self-esteem. Yes. And Mark, um, that was that was true in my life as I gained confidence and, you know, you, you, you do something and it works and then you see the impact it has and you feel more uh, solid and say, you know, I'm helping here. What I do now as the as the COO of Zoom Drain Franchise Company, like my number one job, somebody asked me to define myself in 10 words. And I thought the like queen of Zoom Drain champion, I will hold your beer, 10 words. Like that's what I do. 
is champion the trades. And at Zoom Drain, like when I, we did a, a seminar, like, yep, I help them make money. Yep. But you got to push it all the way down to the guy who's out there on a snowy day with a jackhammer and the, the jets freezing up and the equipment and somebody like, you know, nobody wants to call you. We are dealing with people who may be at their worst because they're stressed. That guy deserves to make oh, a great living. Yes. A great living. So what has to happen for him to have or her to have a career, not just a job? How do we make sure that we're communicate? Like even today, like just I got to find a way every time I speak now to make sure that the why here is so that the trades, the people who actually do this work on who on whose backs we're all standing are acknowledged and supported and elevated. Like what they do is the fabric of society. And have you found during this last year of COVID, like is your gratitude for this industry, for dirty jobs, for the trades, has it just like multiplied a hundredfold? Oh, there's, no, there's no question. And, and back to your point, you can borrow money. You can't borrow self-esteem. You yeah. either have it or you don't. You either believe in your product or service or you don't. And your, what you charge is reflected in that belief. And so what I do is I go to work building the self-esteem of contractors. Yes, because so many of them, like um, uh, somebody told me once too, it's the difference between you're going to wear a tie and you're going to wear a patch. Your patch is going to say Zoom Drain or Zoom Drain uh, Eric. You know, it's going to have your name on it. That guy, how, do, how does he see that what he is doing or she's doing is as important or more so than the person wearing the tie. Because the person wearing the tie is counting on someone wearing a patch to make, to do the work. Yeah. The essential work, like we all are dependent on somebody being willing to go knock on Mrs. Fernwicky's door or fire up that jet or, uh, you know, electricity. Like, oh yeah, let's just send the lightning wranglers out there and we'll, we'll count the money. But those are the people who are making it so. And so what I think my, um, at first it started with me, I, you know, hierarchy of needs. I had to make sure my family didn't, um, uh, that my family survived and then our team members survived. And then I started to see, hey, this whole industry is really so beautiful and wonderful and essential and awesome. And I don't know if they see it like I see it. I'm gonna do my best to make sure they do. Cause yes. like as, as someone who doesn't have those skills, like if you knew how amazing it looked through my eyes, you know, if you, if you could see what I see, if you could see what I see, like let's raise our prices yes. again. Okay. So you have books available. If somebody wanted to improve their profitability, they should get one of your books. I do. And you know, what's great about you, you, you are so good at promoting your books and I'm so good at giving books away. You make fun of me every time we're together. So I'll tell you on my website, I give one of my books away. How about that? How do they, how do they get a free book from you? Ellenroar.com, E-L-L-E-N-R-O-H-R, my name, Ellenroar.com. And right there, it says you can download a copy of Where Did the Money Go? So you can get Perfect. a PDF copy of that. Beautiful. Yeah, and then there's more. I got, you know, podcasts and um, uh, blogs, and there's all sorts of fun resources from there. I would love to have you in my community. Put your name and email address in, and you get the book, and you get me. And uh, I love you. I am so happy to spend time together. I wish we had mm. more time. I'm just looking at the clock. 
How did that go by so fast? Uh, I know. Well, here's the problem with Ellen Rohr. How do we get you to come out of your shell you know, <laughs> and open up a little bit? Just If you could just take it up a notch or two, you know, maybe we could get excited. Uh, oh, so I let you. me ask you this. What advice would you offer contractors? If you could say, look, here's here's one or two things that I want you to remember. A guy's just starting out. A gal's just starting out. They're starting their own company. What would you tell them? Um, number one, charge more than it costs. Charge more than it costs. And if you don't know how much it costs, if you don't run a balance sheet, profit and loss, keep score, you're going to fall for some of these myths. Like do what you love and the money will follow or charge the going rate or all that nonsense. But if you get clear with how much it's costing you and you figure out how to charge more than that and you keep score, you're going to save yourself 30 years of headache. Yes. So that's one. And um, the second one is don't start from scratch. You know, I got into franchising because in franchising, I've already got the manuals, the brand, the systems. You can start with a head start. Now, franchising might be for you. I hope you also go to zoomdrain.com and check us out or find someone who's done this in the, you know, with whom you don't compete, you know, go find someone who's got a head start and be coachable. Because if you're going to start and have to learn every lesson yourself, speaking as an old person, that takes too long. So, you know, the, coming to a podcast, listening to Mark, pay attention to the, the folks with snow on the mountains, as they say of older people, although I color my hair. Um, yeah, well, at least you have folks hair. have something to share. And the young people, like, I love young people because you have energy and you don't know it's going to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard, especially if you can help yourself out with a head start. That's great advice. I had a occasion just before this podcast to talk to a young man in Virginia who's the son of one of the owners. And we talked for 45 minutes on the phone and he just said, I've got to get you out here to work with my people. And he's 28, you know, and it's like, oh, the passion's nice. there, the enthusiasm's there. And I just, I just smiled and said, yes, we'll figure out a way to do that. You, um, mm -hmm. you bring a level of passion and enthusiasm that few presenters have. I've seen you present a bunch of times not only is your content rich and substantive, but your passion for delivering it. You have, I think you have what uh, great speakers have. You have to have platform skills and content and you have both in abundance. Oh, we love each other, don't we? I mean, can we do this again sometime? I, I would love to. I, I'll have you on my, I've got a podcast called Behind the Wall and I'll do less talking, right? And you do the talking. Would you like to come on mine? Sure. I love, I, I've done dozens of podcasts. I love doing them and I love being the guy who's conducting them because I learn so much and, and they're fun. Mm -hmm. They're just really, really fun. I found, you know, I stumbled on this. It was, this wasn't something I, you know, the folks at EGI said, Hey, would you consider doing a podcast? And I said, sure. And I did a whole bunch of them for them. And then when they went a different direction, it was like, Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't need their permission to do this. I'm really good at it. Uh, I'll, I'll figure out a way to, I'll figure out a way to monetize this thing and, and, and have fun doing it. And so the I good love folks, podcasts. No, Can I ask, may, I, may I ask you a question? Sure. What's one of your favorites? What's a podcast? It doesn't have to be an industry podcast, but just one, like a default that if you're going for a run or driving somewhere, you'll plug it in. Alec, well, I really like Jerry Seinfeld. It's not a podcast. It's Comedians of Cars Getting Coffee. That's probably my oh, favorite. OMG, I love him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. But Alec okay, Baldwin yeah. has one. 
Really? That's, that's fantastic. And his his uh, guests are so eclectic. They're just, and he's he's such a gifted guy. I mean, you either love him or you hate him. It doesn't matter. I, I happen to think he's an incredibly talented guy. And I really like, like big him. personalities and he's got one. Like he's yeah, he really unapologetically does. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. So we have about three minutes left. So uh, I'm going to ask one last question. Okay. There's been a tendency since March for uh, virtually everybody to say, woe is me and have pity parties and talk about all the things that they're missing and they don't have anymore. But my question is a different one. What has been some of the blessings for you as a result of COVID? I am probably the single most powerfully, positively impacted person by COVID on the planet. I, I have like, it's just been a thank you God moment, which almost makes me feel guilty in some ways. But one, I'm in this awesome industry. Two, I work wherever. So I've been able, I've always worked at home. I got to stay home a little bit more and travel less, which I had like the forced um, stay home for a hot minute yes. was delicious. Um, COVID caused my son to reassess his career and something I'd kind of been uh, putting out there is like a long-term plan that he moves out to Utah, we move out to Utah, came to pass. He ended up going to work with my husband at Calefi, this awesome Italian company, and they just, he and his wife and baby just moved to um, Utah. They stayed here for four months as they were mm. making it happen. They lived on the farm with me. Like there have been so many good things, but the most um, the most important thing is, dear tradespeople, like now is your time to shine. Use all the protocol. Make sure you and your team members are safe. Yeah. But as frontline essential, uh, you know, integral workers in the fabric of society, lay claim to that, and God bless you. Yes. Because there, it has made me so grateful for the team members um, who've just said, you know what, we got to figure out how to get it. You know, what are they going to have a clogged drain? Ellen, this we're we're out of time. Happen. We're you're going to get okay. cut off if I don't cut you off. So cut me thank off. you, thank you so much. <laughs> love, love, love you. Mwah. Take care, kiddo. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America, and like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans.